Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Yishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live on the Land of Israel Network from Jerusalem to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom, and welcome to my mom's apartment uh, here in beautiful Jerusalem. And it's Friday, and it's a wacky day uh, because of the day of rage that's happening here in Jerusalem uh, and around Judea and Samaria, the West Bank, quote-unquote, uh, because the um, jihad is unhappy with the fact that uh, we're still here, basically. We'll get to that in a second. Shalom and welcome to Malka Fleischer. Malka, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ishai. It's good to be here, although I'm not in the best mood I've ever been in in my whole life. Well, that's okay because it's the nine days, and the nine days are a time for not the best mood that you've been in the in your whole life. Yeah. That's a, that's a common theme. Uh, I myself am also not in the best mood I've been in my whole entire life. Also, I'm just, I'm just, a, uh, I'm just a tad tired given that I was uh, in America this week for a short stint, and my aeroplane, I missed uh, the flight back to Israel. I missed a flight to JFK, and that caused me to miss a flight to Israel. <laughs> it, was, it was a real pain, and I had to sleep in New York for the night, and, and I'm, just, I'm just overtired and, and all that. But you and I, we know the secret to why cruddy things happen at this time, and that is that we know that the nine days strikes again. That's right. right. A lot of people don't know about the nine days. A lot of people don't know. Okay, let's back up. We're in a three-week period of mourning when the walls of Jerusalem were breached and when the temple, two temples really, are two only holy temples, were destroyed, um, which all culminates on the 9th of Av, which is coming up next week. Um, that's going to be a big fast day, and we all remember um, the destruction of the temples. Also, our tradition tells us that the every generation that lives without a temple, it's as if they destroyed the temple. So we don't just mourn what was, but we kind of mourn what is. We mourn even our own selves and that we haven't managed to um, get with the program enough to earn and to achieve the temple. Um, and what we have noticed, what I have noticed um, in my own life is that the three weeks is a period in which a a lot of bad stuff happens to you, like meaning to say like to you in your life. That's when you're going to get your flat tire. That's when your kid is going to break that glass bowl that your grandmother gave you. That's when, you know, you're going to miss your plane or you're going to drop a hundred dollar bill, you know, down the gutter or whatever it is. That's when the bad things um, are going to happen. And especially during the nine days, which we're in right now is a period um, where even the rabbis warn people not to do things that are dangerous because um, obviously God protects us always, but sort of God is not his happiest with us um, during the nine days, just like we remember the destruction of the temple during the nine days. He remembers the destruction of the temple during the right. nine days and why that happened. And that wasn't his fault. That's our fault, right? So he doesn't think about us in like the only most positive way. So now is the time. Um, and I think that this year, those of us who care about what goes on in Israel, what goes on in Jerusalem, and really honestly care about the progress of the third temple, and there are many of us like that, um, are especially frustrated and down this week because of everything that's been going on on the Temple Mount. Right. Well, um, we'll get to that in a second. Um I want to say that today's show is dedicated to our good friend Leah Goldman, right, who passed away uh, five years ago, uh, and um, 
uh, her husband, Shmuel, her, her husband Shmuel Goldman. Shichia. Shichia, Lahavdil, right? He's uh, he's alive and well and our very good friend. Uh, is dedicating today's show to her memory. And uh, so does his whole family. That's including right, his including, beautiful children. Including and his brand new wife, thank God. Right, who's so wonderful. Who's so wonderful and is, uh, they're all together in this big family. Uh, the Goldmans, the kind of uh, uh, big Goldman clan now, uh, together remembers uh, the life of an incredible friend, an incredible uh, wife and mother and daughter, uh, Leah Goldman. And we remember her as well as, as a good friend to us. That's right. Very uh, special person. And uh, I was telling Shmuel about, uh, she, she, by the way, passed away. Um, at she's, she's my age. She was with me in, uh, with in my grade in high school. Well, she's not your age anymore. She's not my age anymore. She's forever She was young, 35. Right. Uh, and she passed away um, from cancer. Uh, that, well, that, that took her life. And um, uh, it was just so strange because she was such a... Uh, a person with full of life and vigor and full of color uh and uh to to have to have witnessed uh, her leave this world was um one of those things that you just kind of shake your head and you're like i am not the boss i i don't know everything i'm we're not in charge of this world right uh, and uh Leah goldman was a person who also caused uh, other people to act and she was uh very very instrumental in helping uh, build up the uh, Jewish community of Yonatan in the Golan Heights. In uh, general, she was very active in trying to get people, um, English speakers, Olim, to come to the Golan. The Golan is a place that a lot of people think of as a beautiful vacation place. Go get a simmer, go ride some horses, go to the Hermon, go pick some apples or some berries or something like that. But when it comes to actually buying your house and sending to your kids to school, a lot of people don't really think of the Golan that way. Right. And they were very pioneering in trying to get people up to the Golan. I dare say even kind of shaking up Nefesh Benefesh, an organization, the, or, the organization in North America that helps people make Aliyah, kind of reminding them that the Golan exists. And now, especially in Yonatan, because the Goldmans live there, there is a very high percentage of English speakers. And there are almost no properties to buy now in Yonatan because the Americans have snapped them up and built their dream homes on them. Right. And this is very beautiful there. I, I, I do want to encourage people. There are, there are still plots. There yes. is still availability. You can still but get I'm check saying it out. I'm is, saying it is highly sought after, so you better right. jump. That's right. Leah Goldman, God bless you. May your neshama have an aliyah. We remember you very, very fondly, and you continue to inspire us. Uh, and thank you very much to Shmuel, uh, who is also a big fan of the Shai Fleischer show and Rabbi Mike as well. Uh, so uh, I couldn't record with Rabbi Mike this week because of the uh, missed flight and all that. And thank God I got a chance to record with you, Malka. In any case, this show today is dedicated to Leah Goldman in her memory. Um, and, re- and speaking of Leah Goldman, I want to tell you about a little story. So I was delayed, and I missed my flight, and I was looking for some solace not that on the nine days you get a lot of solace, but I was looking for some solace as to why I missed my flight. One of the things that happened was, and you can see it on my Facebook page, is that uh, I met a young man who was making Aliyah. Uh, and he came over to me and said, Hi, Ishai, uh, you know, you spoke at my yeshiva, and I just want you to know that I'm making Aliyah today. And I was like, that's really cool. And then I, I started looking around my plane, and what did I notice? That there was tons of birthright kids Tons of people coming to learn Torah for the summer. Tons of, of students of different kinds. And Olim, people who are immigrating to the land of Israel. All this during a week where three Jews were slaughtered. A Jewish family was slaughtered in their house on a, a last Friday night, just a week ago. 
and and uh, uh, two two Israeli police officers. They were Druze, but in any case, Israeli police officers murdered on the Temple Mount, and and days of uh, uh, you know endless days of rage. And you think to yourself, this terrorism is going to um, to to kind of dampen the flow of people visiting Israel and Aliyah and birthright. And the answer was, is that I saw with my own eyes, I was on a plane on the nine days heading to the land of Israel, full of people and a lot of young people, unafraid, uh, unhampered, undeterred from coming to the land of Israel. So that gave me a lot of koach. It gave me a lot of strength. And I was just like, we will, we are making mistakes, no doubt about it. We have lost elements of our sovereignty, no doubt about it, et cetera, et cetera. We could talk about it. Lots of lamentable stuff. But the big project... It's pushing forward. It might get stumbled up a little bit. It might get hiccups. But the big project of the returning of the Jewish people to the land of Israel, establishing the Third Commonwealth, and making Israel the center of the Jewish world, and, and therefore also of the world of spirituality in general, the ping, the, the, the voice of God coming out of Jerusalem, that is not being hampered at all. That is only being covered up by the, by the garbage and the lies and the dross of, of the jihad. But but overall, the big project is moving forward, uh, no holds barred, or minimally holds barred. There have been some holds barred, and I want to say, Ishai, that I appreciate what you're saying and all the solace and everything, but today is a day of rage in, in Jerusalem, but everyone's not all a, focused. Not a, not a Jewish day of rage. No, I was going to say everyone's all focused on the Arab day of rage that they've declared today that is supposed to make us all quake in our boots and police are out and they've cordoned off basically the entire area around the old city including our neighborhood and we basically we wanted to go out today today's friday and the kids have no school and and no camp today it's the summertime and so we wanted to go do something fun with them and we basically tore out of the house like refugees to get out in time before they shut down the road that we wouldn't be able to pass for like five hours. Um, and everyone's all focused on the Arab day of rage. And I want to talk about my day of rage, Malka's day of rage. I'm having rage. How about me? No one cares about my day of rage. That's the thing. It's like the Arabs have a day of rage. Everyone's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like everyone's kind of nodding their head. Yep. Like it, no one's face is even twitching. What about Malka's day of rage? Who's, af- who's afraid of that? Let's get, let's get a thousand Jews to feel a day of rage. Let's see what it would look like in this country. I, I get irritated with the imbalance of concern over who's going to have rage and what's going to happen. And no one's really concerned over the rage that the Jewish people are feeling. And the Jewish people have, have lost half a family this week. Really worlds, if you think about it, as every Jew is a world. We've lost worlds this week. And we're all supposed to just be like, boy, that's sad. Wow, that's sad. But Am Yisrael Chai, the Jewish people, you know, we're going to make it and we're going to be okay. And, and, you know, Ruven Rivlin, the president of Israel, goes to comfort the family. And everyone's so impressed that the widow of this man who was slaughtered in his mother's house in front of her eyes was so strong. And she managed to protect her children from the e- most evil, disgusting type of person that exists on earth. And everyone's just like, boy, 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 you're strong, you're strong, you're strong. Uh, you know, all this positivity is very sweet, Ishai. And you guys are great, okay? But I'm not feeling, I mean, I am feeling positive. But I resent that. <laughs> Meaning to say, like, I resent my positive feelings right now. Um, I don't think it's the time to have the positive feelings. I think it's the time. I'm, you know, I like Bibi Netanyahu on a regular Wednesday, right? But it's like, 
what the heck is going on around here? All of a sudden, he has to make a deal with Jordan so that we can get back a guy who, who did everything right according to the, the laws of diplomacy in the Vienna Convention. He goes and, and he gets stabbed and then he shoots the people who stab him and Jordan decides that they don't want to let the guy go. And Israel's like, but what about the, I think it's called the Vienna Convention. Why aren't you letting our person go? And then we have to make some kind of a deal in order to get him back. Hold on one second. I don't think people know what you're talking about. Uh, you, you, you jumped into the Jordanian thing. It wasn't clear to people. People don't know. There was a guard in Jordan and in the Israeli embassy and he was attacked by somebody who was installing some kind of furniture and he shot and he killed him and another guy as well. And then the Jordanians heard about this. Obviously, it happened in Jordan. And they wouldn't let him leave. They wouldn't, they wouldn't uh, let the, uh, the embassy be evacuated. They wouldn't let the, the guard leave. At the end, it seems like there was some kind of broker deal between Prime Minister Netanyahu and Jordan that, they, that Jordan would basically allow uh, this guard to leave and actually, the whole embassy, I think, was cleared out. I think they're not letting the ambassador back in. And in exchange for that, Netanyahu would remove these metal detectors. From the Temple Mount. From the Temple Mount. And then what happened was is that, indeed, he removed the, the, the metal detectors and the cameras. And then, instead of being satisfied, the, the Palestinians called for more rage, even, even more rage. Even more rage. rage. And Jordan was like, you can't bring anybody, you can't bring back your diplomatic retinue without a trial for this person, which is effectively cutting off the embassy, right? Because Israel's never going to send this guy back to Jordan for a trial. They, they, they were even wanted a trial here in Israel, they were requesting. But there was nothing to try. The, the, there's, there's no trial. There was an investigation. There wasn't. And there, there's always an investigation when they're shooting. But anyway, the, the bottom line is, is that this Jordan, who let's 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 get this straight. Jordan is a fake country, created by England, uh, uh, for the Hashemites to rule it. It has nothing to do the Hashemites, and and Jordan is as I was saying. It's it's a it's a fraudulent country. It's really created by the British on what was originally Israeli Jewish land, supposed to be Jewish land. Then somehow they've been given the right to monitor our Temple Mount, right? And, and they are somehow the keepers of the Temple Mount. Then they only exist by the fact that we give them water and that we actually protect them from ISIS and other forces. So they, they exist on our land, controlling our holy spot and exist only by our... Um, what's it called? Uh, by by our grace, yet yet whenever whenever we come into any kind of conflict with them, here they come out immediately ripping us, uh, telling us that we're not all right for establishing metal detectors, uh, th that we're wrong for uh, defending ourselves when one of their terrorists comes at us, and so Jordan is 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 this country that is lives by our grace. Is a fake country. Should actually, where the Palestinians of Israel should go to, or at least have residency or citizenship at, and yet they're the ones that, instead of being people that you would think would be allied with us because they exist by our by our good graces, indeed their audacity is exactly the opposite. Well, if you consider the fact that they control our Temple Mount, which is basically in the middle of our country, it's not like it's on the border or something, and they bring their guys in and you know deal with it as if that would be okay by itself. No, it's, it's right inside Israel, and they control it. And the way that they related 
to the issues going on on Harabite with the metal detectors and the rage and all these things, it really shows that they feel great with that. They have zero concern that they are at all, that their control is being questioned at all or should be questioned at all. When this thing went down in Jordan with the embassy, there there were protests in the streets, death to Israel. So really you see, I guess that one of the things that is disappointing to me in my naivete is that sometimes it feels like you're saying, Yishai, that we're moving forward, moving forward, moving forward, building the commonwealth, aliyah, all these things, which isn't wrong. It's right. But it just felt like this week so many things went backwards. We just celebrated 50 years since the liberation of Jerusalem. And it's like Harabai Beyadenu, you know, the Temple Mount is in our hands. You guys, the Temple Mount is not in our hands. Temple Mount's not in our hands. Temple Mount is not in our hands. We, we, our prime minister, the representative of the Jewish people, and certainly the Israeli people, just gave away the Temple Mount this week by not standing strong on the security and saying, and, and cowering in the face of the international pressure, and, you know, you could make, you could legitimize it and say that he didn't want a big war, which is definitely what would happen. That is true, right? He, you mean the prime minister? The prime minister of Israel. He didn't want a war. And he wanted to prevent, to prevent a war. But at the same time, he did that at the cost of the Temple Mount. And he basically said out loud to the entire world and to Jordan, who was looking us right down, the, down our eye, right? They were just saying, okay, we're willing to concede the Temple Mount if you don't hurt us. And I didn't want to say that as, as, uh, as an Israeli, as a Jew, as a person who's living now during the nine days with Tisha B'Av coming up. Um, I didn't want to say Eicha and have it feel so personal, like I personally abandoned Jerusalem. I, like I, I, I think, personally I think a lot of Jerusalem. our listeners just don't understand what you're talking about. I just don't think they really understand what it exactly means. I don't think they understand that today it's imp- like... Today, as we drove out here, the old city was shut down to normative traffic because of this day of rage. I don't think people understand that you can't walk through many of the gates of the old city without fearing uh, attack by by the average kind of Arab that's walking around, and you could be attacked at any point. I don't think people understand that um, that 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 if you drive through an Arab neighborhood right now, they're walking around feeling safe and happy, barbecuing, and yet if you were, as a Jew, drove through it, you very well may be attacked uh, and you feel scared. I don't think people understand that we, um, our, our complex where we live in East Jerusalem has been under attack with Molotov cocktails, with, with uh, fireworks being shot at us, um, and that, uh, that actually last week police had to kill uh, a person who started um, attacking... Uh, the, the complex and actually blowing up one of the transformers that was outside. I don't think people understand uh, that the that the jihad is very very real, and what has happened is that our prime minister and our government in general has basically given them everything that they've wanted and asked for. After after they murdered our police officers, we put up metal detectors. Now we've taken them down. And yet there's more rage. And here's what really bothers me is that people don't understand why there's more rage on the Arab side. And the answer is because when the rules are that when you give the Arabs or the jihad in this case uh, concessions 
they see that as a weakness and they just go on the attack. It's almost an automatic response. And that's what we're dealing with in Jerusalem today. I don't know if people really can can fathom that 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 what you're talking about 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 Jerusalem being lost to us to a certain extent. By the way, the just parenthetically, Malka, the, the Temple Mount activist told me that the two weeks that the Waqaf and the Muslims weren't on the Temple Mount was like heaven. Yeah, yeah. but you and I, if anyone who listens to thelandofisrael.com and goes on thelandofisrael.com's Facebook page, will be able to see a video of our own Ari Abramowitz being arrested for praying on the Temple Mount as if the Waqf was right there next to him, except they weren't. No, that was Israeli police upholding the Waqf weird law that D- Jews cannot... Dehimitude laws. Uh, uh, the the insane, non-human rights-based, totally uncultural, totally backward, totally unacceptable law that a person should not be able to to pray at a place, and especially the Jewish people on the Temple Mount. You'll be able to see Arya Bramowitz being arrested. If you go to that same Facebook page, you'll be able to see his partner in in life, Jeremy Gimpel, also being arrested for lying down on the ground and prostrating himself. Now, to you, that may, to someone, I guess, that might seem reasonable, I don't know, because it's like breaking some kind of an agreement that is up there. But to me, this very agreement is completely insane. It's sort of like, it's sort of like saying that it's okay to, you know, hit your child because you have an agreement that your child is never, ever allowed to leave the house ever. So your child left the house and they broke the agreement, so now you can hit them, right? It's, it's ludicrous. This is not how one is supposed to live. No one is supposed to be able to accept this kind of a law. And the fact that our police, Drew's police in this case, who had two of their society members knocked off last week and to, to kick off this whole thing, that people, and, and to see Arya Bromwitz, it's not even that he was arrested, right? If you watch the video, you'll see that the policeman puts his hand over Ari's mouth to stop him from saying the words. Do you understand how insane that is? So I'm having a day of rage today. I'm having a day of rage that my children, you know, hear a firecracker and they get nervous now. I... I'm upset that Jewish children would be nervous anywhere. I'm upset that people in regular homes, in regular places, on uh, tonight, on Friday night, are going to feel nervous that if anyone would knock on their door, that it might be an Arab who's coming to stab them in the throat and kill them. Okay, This is not acceptable to me. And the fact that my representative, Benjamin Netanyahu, would crack under pressure like this is really disheartening to me. And so I'm sorry if I'm not able to give over properly this this feeling or the information i guess i feel a little scrambled up this week i feel i feel weakened i feel weakened this week um right monday night is tisha B'Av itself and then afterwards hopefully a, a better period will ensue and and i mean i think um i first thing i want to say that that i i understand what you're saying and i think it's only fair uh, maybe in a sense we don't have enough rage and upsetness a Jewish family was was decimated, or or at least uh, you know, three members of the family were were were, were stabbed to death, See, and we just I, we I just, need to uh, stop you for a second. I'm sorry, Isha. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think it's important for everyone who's listening right now, especially Jewish people. I think it's important for everyone listening to not 
necessarily say three members of a family were decimated. That's my family. That is my family. I take that personally. And I think that's the difference between, there, there are two types of people really when it comes to these issues. The people who take this thing personally and the people who don't. And I think that's the same with Tisha B'Av about the temple also. Right. That is also true. Like about Jerusalem. To me, it's personal. I I see these Jewish people and I think to myself, that's me. Now, I may not know those people. They may be my very distant family. Right. But that's me. Like, that's mine. I I can't I can't abide that. If someone's going to hurt a member of my family, I cannot be with them. Right. I just want to say that the enemy, by the way, uh, um, the enemy is trying to hurt us. He's trying to hurt our family and get rid of us in general. I was just going to say that Monday night, uh, Tisha B'Av, uh, uh, we're marching together with women in green, Nadia Matar, and uh, there are speeches that are supposed to happen. I'm one of the sp- people speaking there uh, in the English language. And uh, at that march, right now, the police are asking the, the, pr- the procession not to go through eastern Jerusalem, through the Lions Gate and the Mount of Olives area. Uh, it's been doing that procession for 27 years. So when you're talking about a loss of sovereignty, that's certainly an example of it. Right. That's a real regression. Right. It's a real regression. Uh, and, and, it, and it's also the, the sad part is it's a mistake. Um, it, it's not the way that it re- you're really supposed to deal with the, with the jihad at all. Uh, you're really supposed to double down. Like, let's say, let's say the prime minister, let's say the government, I don't want to say the prime minister, let's say the government puts up these metal detectors. Maybe that wasn't even the best idea in the first place, let's say. It doesn't matter. You have to double down. You've got to show that you're not budging. You've got to show that you are absolutely uh, not malleable. What we proved to the world this week is that we're malleable. Put a little bit yeah, more pressure. Yeah, talk to us a little bit. We'll, we'll move. We'll budge. We'll right, you can kill our people. We'll t- take uh, Right, you kill enough people and we'll, we'll do whatever you say, basically. Right. You killed two police officers. We put up a security measure. Then you rally against us and murder some more. And then we're like, okay, it's coming down. That was a bad... You don't do that in the Middle East. Incidentally, the polls show in Israel that 77%, by the way, you can't get 77% of Jews to agree on anything, okay? Except for chicken soup. Right, and even that. 77% of Israelis said that they thought that this was a capitulation to terror. Right. Um, Right, Malka, I want to take a quick break and and uh, and just talk about a little bit of uh, some of our sponsors of our show. We have right. uh, we have altogether four sponsors of our show. Malka. Some of the light and the darkness there. That's right. First is the tchelet, the blue string. Order it, get it, so be part cool. of it. Uh, get cool it. Cool guys wear tchelet. Cool guys wear tchelet. Be a Jew of color. That's what I like to say. <laughs> That's what I like to That's say. Good. A Jew of color. I like that one. That's right. The tchelet revolution is here. Be a Jew of color, and um, uh, you know. Uh, um, you get this blue tchelet string. You are one of the priests of Israel. You just you're just on board uh, the, the rebirth of the Jewish people in the land of Israel and the the period that we're living in now. It's it's, it's like both very ancient and very modern. Right, right. It's an awesome thing, and I'm wearing it right now proudly. Um, and the website there is t e k h e l e t dot com tchelet tchelet the old way of spelling it. My good friend at uh, Yitz at J Brick is making amazing, beautiful Legos. I can't uh, wait to get my hands on one of right. these Lego sets. That's right. We're going to get the Lego sets ASAP. I'm Jewish Lego about that. sets. Right. It should have been called Jugo. Lego my Jugo. I don't know. 
but in any case, it's called J-Brick, and uh, I think it's a really neat thing for your office to have a cute little Jewish uh, Lego thing, or for your kids, or for your kids, right? First, it's for the grown-ups, right? I like the Jewish, I like the, the Lego mezuzah. Check out their, their Facebook page as well, J-Brick. Uh, and, of course, uh, our, our uh, great sponsor here is the Land of Israel Network, landofisrael.com, with many other great shows. Uh, check out all the stuff that we do there. And finally, um, Hebron. Uh, come for a tour to the, see the mothers and the fathers of the founders of the Jewish people. And that's at uh, hebronfund.org. There's a great new museum. Or the museum is looking really good, and there's a great new right. like show that you can see there if you haven't been in a while. Right. We, can, we have a whole room dedicated to the 1929 riots. Now I'm starting to call that the Museum of Intolerance. That's where intolerance happens. Um, and come check that out for sure. But s- most importantly is the mothers and the fathers and connecting to, to the founders uh, and the whole book of Genesis. It all, it all happens in Hebron. Um, yeah. Yeah, Malka, you know, uh, you, you're right about all these things. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be a drag. No, you're, you know, it's, it's the, you, know, you and I went through the worst drag, another one of these horrific mistakes. Uh, we saw it. You know, my life, I have seen the evacuation from Sinai, bad move, the worst move. You and I lived together through the evacuation from Gaza. Super bad move. Super bad move. We saw the worst things. We saw the beautiful state of Israel doing the worst things to Jews of of Gaza. And for what? To literally establish a... And back then, we were saying, you are going to establish with your hands a a jihadist state, a a for a... um, forward base for the jihad in Gaza. And everybody's like, you guys are extreme. It took six months. We were extremely right. We were extremely right. And now we see this capitulation on the Temple Mount, and it's just like, you, you just look at the whole thing and you, just, you can get very frustrated. You know, that's why I know some people like really lose heart and faith. I, and there's different ways to lose heart and faith. One way is to be like Haredi about it. Be like, you see... There's no Torah in this land, and because there's no Torah, the state is making mistakes, and this is what a secular country does. I don't want any part of it because I want to live a Torah life. Let me stay in Muncie or in Brooklyn or, or Lakewood, whatever. I don't need this. That's, that's, one, that's one way. That's one tack of, of looking at this. Another, another tack is like a, a right-wing tack, which is I'm not going to live in a country which doesn't defend its citizenry, that whole kind of thing. Then it could also swing all the way the other way. You see... Because you don't give the Palestinians a decent life, because you haven't given them the, you know, what they want, and, and they don't have a life, and they don't have equal this or equal that, and you, this is a country of not social justice, so I don't want any part of it because it's not a liberal enough country for me. Um, or there's another way which, is, which ma- many of us suffer, which is it's so horrible what's going on in Israel. It's just so horrible. It's a and tragedy. It's a tragedy. And therefore, you know, and therefore I'm not going to have that bar mitzvah for my son this summer there because it's too dangerous and it's tragic and it's, oh my God, Gevalt. Oh, and, and, you, and you do a little overbite when you think about Eretz Israel. You go, oi, 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 oi. You know? We've got to say a capital to Helem. You know, that kind of thing. I mean, we do have to say a capital. Right, but I'm just saying there's all kinds of ways to kind of keep yourself at arm's length from, from the issues. And all of us do it some way. Like, for example, you and I, we did it today. We could have stayed in our complex and dealt with the problem, but we had to take our kids out. And we're no, out of there. What yeah. do you mean? Uh, we didn't abandon it. We just lived from there. I don't, I don't see that at all. We what? We just, there? we lived. We decided that we're going to go in and out of our house. What, right. what is uh, so uh, crazy about that? No, I'm just saying there's all kinds of. Ah, uh, boo. Buddha, right. Buddha saying that. 
Okay, I, I can be booed. That's okay. It's nine days. <laughs> <laughs> nine days, you get a little boo. You get a little boo. By the way, the nine days is talked about in this week's Torah portion, the Pasha Dvarim, we're beginning the, the soliloquy of Moses, a 30-day soliloquy, where he kind of uh, retells the Torah, adds new laws, and gives us a direct kind of uh, speech of Moses. And what he, one of the things he talks about is the sin of the spies and the rejection of the land of Israel. And that's the root of the ninth of Av. That is the real root of the right. ninth of Av. That's when it all begins. That's when it all begins. So, um, yeah, there's, 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 there's a pain associated with this time. And I guess what Malka's really trying to say is, and I think she's right, which is like, and we're supposed to do this, which is go into the pain. You know, not, not, not generally we're supposed to be the blessings. Be the blessing. Be the, 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 the channel for the blessings. But now it's, it's a little bit time to introspect a little bit. And, and, and also... It's time to yell at somebody. That's what it's time for. That's what I feel like. I feel like it's, you know, Prime Minister Netanyahu is, has done a total 180. I feel like he's, he was moving forward in a, in a way that was strengthening and he's pushed us back in a way that it's weakening. And I feel that he has lost us a lot of progress and a lot of Jews have died and sacrificed for that progress. I feel like Rav Gorin and the 900-plus Israeli soldiers who died during the Six-Day War are, ch- are turning in their graves right now over, over the blithe way in which Prime Minister Netanyahu feels that he can, you know, politically bandy about the Temple Mount. I, I, I want to be more careful than, than the way you said it because I, I feel that, that during these nine days we also have to have a careful tongue when it comes to everything from our country to our leaders I understand your upsetness, and, and I, I agree with your with with the gist of what you're saying, but I still, at the same time, I want to be kind of a source of blessings, and I want to just say, you know, I want to bless our nation for for strength, and I want to bless our nation to to have that gumption, that pluck. Right. I mean, in the end uh, of the day, I guess Prime Minister Netanyahu is really a representative. Unfortunately, this is what we are i right, guess like right. he's representing what where we're at and we're i'm not st- pleased we're a startup we're a startup nation we're not exactly a rage nation we, we're allowed to desalinate well god has to tell us a bunch of times in the torah he never go has to say you guys go desalinate some water who's gonna desalinate? he's always like you guys you gotta fight the wars don't forget to fight the wars you know there's some bad guys you should fight them don't let the bad guys do stuff to you and he has to tell us that over and over That's again right. because we're very dense about that right and he says don't allow the people on your land to go to uh to wig out, you gotta you gotta push them back, and you gotta exile those, get rid of those folks. Who are not gonna give you, uh, allow you to have Jewish sovereignty on the land, and that's exactly what we have to do. Maka, time is short. I want to thank you so much for joining me on the show today, and uh, I want everybody to pray out there for the strength of Jerusalem, not just the peace of Jerusalem, but also the strength of Jerusalem. Shem ozlamoiten, Shem shalom. First, God will give you uh, a strength, and then you'll get peace from that. Peace comes through strength. That's that's that that verse proves it. Hashem Ozlam Oiten, Hashem Yivrachtam Shalom. First, you have to have strength. God gives us strength, and then through and that then comes peace. peace. Right? You don't get peace and then strength. It doesn't work that way. Certainly not in in our Middle East. I I want to encourage everybody to have a little bit of rage. I think Jewish and and pro-Israel rage is okay, and I think that we shouldn't be just relegated to de- desalinating and developing the, the next uh, memory chip. I think that we have to we have to also be angry. We also have to be upset. We have to be part of it. Right now, a small director for those in Israel, which has come to the Women in Green uh, 9th of Av rally that starts at 9 p.m. at the municipality. Be there. 
generally speaking, it's very empowering. In years that I've been, it feels very empowering. It feels very sobering. It feels like kind of the right thing to do um, during the ninth of Av for people who are looking for some way to manifest those Tisha B'Av feelings. All right, folks. I want you to, uh, I know this has been a little bit of a different show, and that's good. Uh, that's good. It's good to be upset. And, and you know what? Malk and I are upset. Uh, we dedicate today's show to the memory of Leah Goldman. Uh, may her neshama have an Aliyah. Leah, if you're up there, and I she know you're up there. She would not have liked this, by the way. No. We talk about Leah and how good she was. Right. But she was a spicy character also, and yes. she would not have, a, have been okay in the least little bit with what's going on w- right once now. Once she was very pregnant, and uh, we were up there uh, at her house, and, and I had my M16, and she borrowed the M16, and we took pictures of her as a pregnant Jewish woman with an M16. She looked good. Right, and it was, it was very, very, it was very Zionism. Yeah, she was strong. Yeah, she was strong, and she was strong in trying to achieve a beautiful, peaceful life for other people by right. being this advocate for the Golan. But in general, she was just a very, a very strong person who knew how to roll up her sleeves, and uh, exactly the kind of pioneering Jew that develops the land of Israel, and that takes uh, takes no guff from anybody. <laughs> That's right. And um, yeah, she. I'm sure if if she has any access to the to the Kisei Kavod up there, then she is. Nudging, to say the least. We all have to be a pregnant Jewish woman with an M16. That's <laughs> what we have to be right now. Pregnant in the sense that we are coming back to our land. We've got to develop it. We've got to build. We've got to have the babies, you know, and raise them. But at the same time, push back on bad guys and do it, you know, do it uh, exactly. Take no guff. We've got to have both of those sides. That's the lover side and the fighter side. That's Israel. That's Zionism. Right. And if you really know who the Jewish people are, I know that sometimes people listen to this show or follow us on Twitter or on Facebook and they, you know, they have this idea of people who have our political opinions as some kind of extremist. But if you really know who the Jewish people are and what they care about and how they act in this world, then you don't need to really worry at all about the rights um, and the goodness of other people because Jewish people naturally gravitate toward helping people to achieve rights to achieve good things um and to make their lives better in some and to some extent it's actually the the excess of that uh attitude which is a problem right now right now we got to push back not just empower other people we got to actually push them back and empower our own people that's what god says to us he says when you're out when you're out in the world i don't expect you to ask anybody else to become jewish and i don't expect you to get rid of anybody else's uh, religious ways uh, or to fight anybody else's idolatry. But when you're in the tiny land that I give you, I expect you to clear out some room for me. Be liberal with me so that I have one little room in this world, one little corner which is clean of haters, of different religions, of different things. Let me have one place where 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 I can I can have my place to, to broadcast to the world. Give me my studio. Give me my one little room says God. That's all I ask. Just be liberal with me a little bit. Push back on the other guys, and then and then you'll see that there's going to be a tremendous light in the world. All right, folks, you are listening to the Yishai Fleischer Show. Malka Fleischer, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Good tidings, Malka. May, may we get over these uh, uh, nine days and enter to, to Bav, our anniversary, and also uh, really the anniversary of love between uh, God and the Jewish people. We'll talk about that next week. God bless you wherever you are, folks. Yes, uh, feel a little bit of rage, but uh, we'll be back to, uh, to joy soon 
as the story of the Jewish people will not be any way extinguished. We are coming back to our land. We're coming back strong. You're a part of it wherever you are. Write me an email, Yishai at thelandofisrael.com. Yishai at thelandofisrael.com. Stay tuned. Stay connected. Stay strong. Stay part of the story wherever you are. God of Israel is broadcasting. All you have to do is tune in. God bless you and shalom. Jeremy Gimpel, co-host of Israel Inspired, arrested on the Temple Mount. And they put up metal detectors outside of the Temple Mount in order to ensure that no one would bring up weapons to the Temple Mount, our holiest site. We're going up now, and I've never seen this many officers that have been stationed to take this group up. For the full story, listen to Israel Inspired with Ari Abramowitz and Jeremy Gimpel, and watch the exclusive video on thelandofisrael.com.